taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Hello. I'm trying to be upbeat because I know there are a lot of Mets people out there trying to pick them, pick their chins off the air. But, hey, uh, good afternoon. This is Bill Roden. This is Bill Roden on Sports. And I'm joined with my co-host, Jamal Murphy. Hello, hello, hello. And in the very back, our producer, Pat. Hello. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Uh, we've, we've gone through, and the great thing about today is that we've got two Mets, two Mets fans. Right. And I'm going to try not to gloat. And, and, and not that I have a dog in this race. I mean, I, I just want to see great competition. So let's get right into it. I'm sure we have Jamal. KC fans out here listening yeah, somewhere. I'm sure there are a lot of our sprawling millions of fans. I know right. there's some Mets fans, but uh, some some KC fans. What's your thought? What's your what's your analysis? We've had two games. Uh, Royals are up two zero. Uh, I'm I'm going into I'm going out to City Field this afternoon. They've got workouts. What's your thoughts, Pat and Jamal? Well, it's. Uh, Kansas City is very good. That's my original thought. I was scared as a Mets fan. I was I was scared for Kansas City coming in. Mm-hmm. I felt like this would be a tough series to win. Really? I, I did. I, obviously, our we we have you know great young starting pitching, but I felt like Kansas City was a type of offense that could neutralize that. They would be patient. They would make contact. They maybe could frustrate our young pitchers, and that's kind of what's happened. I, but, you know, I was hoping for the Mets offense to be where it was in the in the where it was in the Cubs series, where it was when they went on that big run in August. And it hasn't been. So I don't unless their offense picks up, I don't see uh, the Mets having any chance. I hate to say it. Pat, I was thinking. What do you have to say for yourself? I, <laughs> I, I guess I was thinking along the same lines. Uh, I'll hitters were hot so I thought coming in we could hit their pitching and our pitching uh, is good I hoped we could keep their hitting you know in check but it looks like their hitting is just too good and they're too disciplined when they're batting and they just put the ball in play and if they don't they just foul it off until they put the ball in play (laughs) and they're a good team that, I mean, and they've been there last year, so right. it's like they, they're hungry. They're hungry, yeah. Well, this is what there are a couple things. If you listen to the hype, and I I, I want to go back and listen to what you guys the were New saying. York hype, the yeah, New the York. New York hype. Well, right. that's what what are, what are the hype is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only new, right. you know Kansas City isn't hyping this. Right, or, right. You know, the, the Tribune, the Chicago wasn't hyping this. All I heard ever since the Dodgers game. You know, pitching, pitching. I mean, it's almost to the point that whenever somebody got somebody, if if the Mets scored, as well as over, because clearly nobody else has any pitching but the Mets. Oh, Syndergaard and and Harvey and and uh, uh, Degrom, Degrom, and Degrom, and Harvey. Oh my God! There's oh, there's, oh yeah, yeah. And, and that's a whole New York thing, man. It's just you just can't just be good. It's not it's not good enough to be good. We got to be great. We got to be the yeah. greatest of all time. Oh, how can anybody hit him? And oh, we're going to send to Grom. And then, <laughs> then after that, we're going to shovel him. And then, and you know. Hey, I heard it too. I heard, and I, that, that, Were you part of it? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really part of it. I mean, people, you know, someone call up. Some of my friends called the station right now. I was, I was worried. I said, 
for Kansas City, I would rather have seen Toronto, but just Kansas City. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, they lost the yeah. six. But, uh, Who wouldn't want to see them? Right. But, I mean, Kansas City, they're just disciplined. And the fact that, that like what like Pat said, they've been there before. They were there, They were just there last year. They came into this year upset that they lost the seventh game of last year's World Series. They blew through their division. They were focused all year. So that's a, And the Mets... Meanwhile, really, the Mets caught lightning in a bottle mm. in after the trade deadline. Nobody before the trade deadline, nobody was saying that they were going to be in a World Series. So it was, you know, this is like something new for the Mets. And I'm not, and I know I'm sounding uh, down now. But I'm not saying it's over, but I think it'd be tough well, for the Mets to win three point. straight. Do you think it's over, Pat, Jamal? Let's get our predictions well, now. People will be listening to this uh, before Game Three. So I want to get your predictions. You know, what do you think? Is is the series over, Patrick? No, it's not over. I know the Mets need to win on the road, but now they're home. So let's win at home, and then we'll see what happens I mean, after it, the game. But right now, I don't think it's over. I think they could win at home, get the momentum back, and then beat these pitchers in Kansas City. They're gonna need. They're gonna need to hit. I don't think it's over. I do think it's going to be very tough. Oh, I give them about a 15% chance to win all three games in in City Field. So that means they, they'd have to win two of three here and then go win two in Kansas City. Right. That's a tough task. It, it, is it out of, you know, is it possible? Yes. Am I optimistic? No. I just, you know, that's only, <laughs> I hate to say it. Only it's, 30, it's, only, it's, last night, only 35 swings and misses right. by Kansas City hitters. Only 35 swings and misses. So they were putting wood on the ball. Right. They were putting wood on the ball. And I think, as you mentioned, it's frustrating. If you're a young pitcher right. and you've been used to just blowing everybody away, just used to just mowing everybody down, now all of a sudden you're out there, you know, these 20 pitch per batters and everything. I'm going to throw my best. And then uh, DeGrom was rearing back. And baseball, unlike football or basketball, which is a, those are blood, blood games where you can actually try harder. Well, I got to jump higher or I got to hit harder. Baseball is not that kind of game. In fact, you almost have to ease up. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a game of touch. Relax. Yeah, you can't. Do, and so I think that they're pressing. But at the end of the day, didn't Kansas City just hold serve? They didn't did. they just do what they were supposed to do? It didn't matter whether they won by a thousand or won by twenty. You get two games at home. You're supposed to win at home, so they won two games at home. Now, this, the series shifts back to the greatest city on earth, and they've got three games to get it up to uh, tomorrow. They've right. got Syndergaard. Well, that, I mean that, that's why I hate. This two-three-two format in in all sports, I hate it because it's almost okay. So yeah, the first team held serve, won the first two home games. It's it's almost impossible to ask a team to hold serve three straight wins, right. especially in baseball. We you know they go through three game series all year, exactly, and they always talk about just winning the series, and that's two of three. So here you want to you want them to sweep the series. They're supposed to in quotes sweep sweep the series just to hold serve. That's tough. Because even if you do two out of three, even if the Mets win two out of three, right, which is going to be a tall test. Two out of That's three, that means even if Kansas City wins one more, they're up. They go back to Kansas City, up three games to two, needing two games to win one. 
Right. So, so the, Met, the Mets are going to need a sweep somewhere, whether right. it's here right. or there. That's be here. the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why they did more than hold serve. And not only did they win the first two games at home, yes, but they beat the Mets' two best pitchers. DeGrom has been their best right. pitcher, and probably Harvey's the second best. The one thing I'll say for the Mets is, yeah, I don't, you know, that pitching hype, it, there is a lot of truth to that pitching hype. They do have a lot of well, good young lot. pitchers. So they have a, a, who could, a guy who could be an ace on many staffs coming up for the third game. So they have depth of pitching. So their well, third pitcher should be better than starting. Kansas City. What's been killing them, though, is the bullpen. Right. Now, Cueto, Cueto yesterday pitched a complete game. What, Unbelievable. The, the first, it can't happen. A, a first complete game since with Jack Morris in like 1980-something. Right. But the point is, that even in game one, and I'd like to talk to you guys about game one, because game one was such a right. unreal... I mean, I would normally not talk about it because it's, you know, this isn't live radio and it's too... But no, you have it, to. It was such an unusual game. First, the first... If you're a Mets fan and somebody gave you a million dollars, say, okay, what do you think is going to happen on the first pitch of the game. Right. And I'm going to give you a million dollars. Well, you'd probably say what? Home run. Uh, now, you might you might it's say possible, right? home run, but, but you, you'd say home run, traditional home run. Right. But if somebody told you the very first pitch of the World Series game would be an inside-the-park home run, would you believe it? No, and, and that's a bad sign. That's what I, When I saw that, I was like, this is not a good sign. Uh, we, we might not be winning this game. <laughs> that's, that's the Mets. Only the Mets fans. <laughs> only us. This could, the only thing that could, only this would happen to us. Right, exactly. I mean, I was, I was kind of thinking that. And, you know, so an inside the park home run, even though I feel like it's, it was an error on Cespedes, but whatever. I mean, either well, but, way. But Terry Collins threw, um, what's, the, what's the other outfielder's name? Uh, yeah, the Conforto, the, the rookie. He 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 said that it should have been Conforto's ball. No, I agree. I agree. Conforto messed that play up. Also, he kind of deferred way too much to, uh, to Cespedes there. But Cespedes got a glove on it. He could have caught the ball. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that um, and what would any Bill Roden sports program be if we didn't insert racism? One of the uh, things that has troubled me listening to the everything leading up to these games. A, the hype, they've been talking about how great the Grom, Harvey, Syndergrass. But as they discuss, in fact, my, 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 I live in Harlem, and my, the person who does my garage is Dominican. Right. And so yesterday, before the game, we talked about the game. He said, hey, you know all four pitches are Dominican? And I really hadn't thought about the first, Kansas City's first four pitches are at Dominican. Least, at least three. Well, the right. first? Because I think, who's I think uh, Young... Oh, Chris Young. Yeah. He's he, not Dominican. He, yeah, he's, no, he's not Dominican. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe with the garage. He killed, he killed the Mets, too, for yeah. game one. Well, he, came, he came in, right? right? He came in. But, but, so I'm listening to everybody talk about the, the, the game one starter. And then they talk about Cueto. Right. And when they talk about the Mets pitchers, it's always as heroic and how great they are, and nerves are still. Then they get to the, uh, the Dominican guys. Well, they have to start... Who was the first game one starter? Uh, Volquez. For? Volquez. Well, they got to start him at home because he gets <laughs> a little jumpy and he's erratic. And Cueto, well, we don't know what he's going to get. And, you know, the dreads and the this and that. <laughs> and now even Vesco, even today, uh, the tomorrow's pitcher. Right. Well, we don't know. He's right. kind of emotional and right. he's a straight. So – and it's, it gets into the stereotype right. of the hot Latin, right. unpredictable, emotional kind right. of guy. Right. But yet, Harvey, 
Who ain't the most predictable guy, by the way? He right. doesn't show up for play. Doesn't show up for a workout. Right. But it's this whole, you know, straightforward, super dependable, and it's a very subtle thing. And I also think that a lot of the Latin players have not historically. Pedro spoke out a couple times, but they've not been the people who've stood out and say, hey, "Listen." Stop it. Right. You know, stop it. You got to, you know, stop descending into stereotype and stop doing this almost. We'll just nah, yeah. leave it alone. So, again, who am I? Well, I'm Bill Roden. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just a very subtle subtext, I think, in something that um, I, I've noticed. No, I, I agree it's there. There's no question about it. Um, I have heard the same talk. I even bought into it, I think. Uh, in terms of Cueto for game two, a lot of people were saying, oh, you got to get to him early. Uh, he's known to be combustible. He needs to be at home. Um, it didn't look like that uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy was like, you know, and then he was he was a picture, he was a picture and the picture of being solid, stayed, unruffled. Right. I mean, the guy goes, he pitches the first full game and like, and, and then I'm listening, so that's okay. I let me turn, let me listen to this first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know, let me see what, what what people are saying. And that's the only thing. You know, you you aside from just the 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 bigotry, and there's a history of that going back to right. Roberto Clemente. I mean, there's a history of the stereotypic Latin ball player, just like there's a a, a, a even when it's even, similar even to, the, when, to the black ball player. Right? Even when even when Cespedes right. misplayed that ball, right. I'm listening to him kill him. Well, he's trying to be a hot dog. Right, right. You know, he's, he's trying to do gagging. He's lollygagging. He's lollygagging. <laughs> he could have got, you know, and I'm like, wait wait a minute. If that had been whomever in first, you know, one right, of our, right. you, know, you know, you know, white yeah, guy. Right. Oh, boy, it was a hustle play. He just couldn't, he just couldn't get to it. <laughs> he just, you know, and I, I mean, it's I there. guess I, I, I've been listening to this stuff. I hear Pat, Pat kind of put his, his head in it. <laughs> Here we go. But, uh, but I've been listening to this nonsense mm. for 30-something years. Right. And it's just, I'm thinking, I'm listening, it's nonstop. So could you just give it a rest for just one year? Just stop it. Right. You know why does the same? Why can't the same standards apply to now? Who's getting rattled? No, Who, who's right? All of a sudden, I'm listening to the Grom. The Grom was rattled. He was rattled. He was rattled. But they don't say now. But they say, well, he was tired. He right. wasn't rattled. He was tired. Right. You know. So I'm like, and, and then uh, of course. I, I'm, 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 I'm pissed off because there are no black managers. They just fired poor Lloyd McClendon. They did. So, yeah, they, they fired, I mean, not just, but they fired him. Really? I didn't even realize. No, they fired He got yeah. fired. So now there yeah. are, officially, Zero. there are no black managers. Mm -hmm. And Sandy, and, and that's, but the, 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 um, the uh, commissioner mm -hmm. gave his state of the commission, and it came up almost perfunctory. Let's get to that. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he ended by saying, well, isn't it the American way? By just hiring the best guy. Now, what is that? In other words, what are we what are we saying here? You mean out of thirty two teams, thirty two percent of the players in the in NBA and in uh, Major League Baseball are, are 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 Latin? You mean you can't find more than one guy? I mean, it's, it's so it's almost as if baseball and, and I guess for me is becoming. I don't like to watch segregated sports. To be honest, yeah, I don't like segregated sports, and it seems like this whole thing has become this party for white 
you're for whiteness. This is like the last enclave because you know hockey doesn't matter because mm-hmm. that's you know hockey doesn't matter because that's Canadian and Russian and you, that's you know. But in terms of the American white ball player, baseball is kind of it. You know, the sports care with golf. Nobody cares about golf. So I'm listening to all. I'm listening to the broadcast, and even this whole thing of Sendergrad and Harvey, and just going almost ejaculate. This kind of jack, oh Harvey and Sendergrad. <laughs> oh my God, the white man. About to, ah. right. So then you set yourself up for this shit. This you, you could almost predict it's going to happen. It's going to blow up in your face. So anyway, right? No, I mean, sorry. I mean, hey, been, hey, I don't. I, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff, like you said, that that stuff is there. The the with the pitchers, the Dominican pitchers, and and them not you know being up and down and not dependable. That's a that was very subtle. But the stuff with Cespedes lollygagging, that stuff right. isn't subtle. I mean, that stuff. Right. You, I mean, every game I gotta hear it. If it's a Latin player right. or a black player, if, if if they do something, you know, like I'll, put a little style in the game or something. And in fact, I, I actually heard uh, uh, Reynolds, who, who was part of the pro, uh, part of the broadcast. We gotta get by the upset. Oh, go ahead, right. make your point. Yeah. Uh, Reynolds was was you know he tried to make that point. You know, he he wasn't you know out outright saying, you know, trying to say this is racist or anything like that. But he was sticking his points in there saying, well, you know, um, I like the way they put this, put style in the game. It was almost like he was supporting that type of play. He compared Cespedes to Willie Mays, which is probably crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> Willie Mays would have caught it. Right. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It just, it just it kind of drives me, well, I should say it drives me nuts. Like like Walter Beach said, remember Walter Beach said uh, a few telepolitics, if you don't understand white supremacy and racism, how it works and what it is, everything you do understand will confuse you. Right. And so I don't always want to talk, but it, it, you listen to this stuff, right. and it's just non-stop. Why can't, why can't Cespedes just be, and, and, and frankly, baseball needs that. Right. You need the style and stuff like that. Anyway, but that's just... Um, and, to, and to be fair, uh, they have said that Syndergaard, and getting back to the game, mm. that they wanted to keep him at home because they're not sure of, of his temperament on okay. the road either. So, That's young, But he's young. He's like 22. Meanwhile, Cueto's like 32. 50, 58. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, that's, like, that's like Uncle Ben calling Uncle Ben boy. Right. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your grandfather. Uh, what, what, we put you on the rice packet. Do you know Uncle Ben, uh, Pat? Uncle Ben Rice? Uncle Ben Rice, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, still, that's, still, that's still relevant. <laughs> Uncle Ben, I just mind with all that. So, um, so what, what, what's the, you, so you, we have we have Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Syndergaard, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, they all sound yeah. I know. Alike, I huh? know you're angry. I know you're angry. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined my day. In fact, I'm heading out to the, uh, I'm headed out to City Field. Right. They, they're having workouts at 2 o'clock. I don't know if I'll bring this up. I think I got it all out of my system here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think, it, is there any more to dissect about games one and two? Is there anything more to say? I mean, uh, I, mean I, I agree with you. That, I mean, just game one, I think, was huge. It's, I mean, it, you, looking at game two, it, it makes you realize how huge game one was. The Mets had everything set up. They got four runs, which probably still isn't enough. You need against Kansas City, you need to get five, six runs. In but my who would have thought? I guess what's but the, but then Familia blew the game, and he hasn't blown a game since since uh, late July. Right. So that has to have some sort of emotional effect carrying over. But what, I think in any sport, that, that's what's so wonderful about covering sports. In other words, in terms of if if this were office politics, somehow 
office politics would have determined that DeGrasse uh, didn't DeGrom and Senegal what about just Jones it's tough, for, it's tough for non-Mets fans you know? yeah I know I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know it by heart uh, but but uh, what um, if, if this were office politics you know DeGrom would have won they would have made sure that DeGrom won right, right, they would have right. made sure that Harvey won. but right. the great it thing about like this stuff right. it doesn't work like that you've got to make the pitches you know and, and so thing with, with um, the reliever and that's why familiar. they call it a familiar. That's why they call it an upset. Right. Because when things happen that never happened before, now the Mets, and frankly, I think they're going to be much more sober. And I hope that Mets Nation, just after, just like after Utley uh, took out um, Tejada. Tejada, and there was this whole thing. I said, listen, calm down. Just play, play ball. Right, that's what it comes down just, to now. Just play ball. Make the plays. And they did. They came back. They, they, it was it was not you know an emotional thing not just as I'm arguing for emotion you know <laughs> it was just this is play ball so now same thing you've got three games in the greatest city on earth and maybe the Kansas City players will come here and just get lost hopefully maybe, you know come I here doubt and just it. Like, I doubt it I doubt it they seem to be pretty focused right they seem to Mean, be meanwhile you know the Mets were on Jimmy Kimmel live prior to the World Series. I, I was worried about that, too. That kind of, but is that, but is that kind of nonsense, right, but Pat? Then, are we going to say, oh, it's because they had nine days off between, you know what I mean? Uh, well, we, can, we've can't got, you just, I mean, it seems like, and then I heard today the, the name of the bus company was the Yankee Bus Line. I'm like, stop, stop. Can it just be the Royals are playing better than the Mets at this time? That's I mean, hard. Yeah. See, but in New York, it's hard to accept that. I mean, uh-huh. just the simple. Listen, these guys from Kansas City just got your number. Right. They they took you into a, into the phone booth and just beat the hell out of you. you just, that was they, game two. Yeah, yeah, they just took your they took your best. It's like in in, in battle, you send your war hero. They just they send them back. Like what is it, in Gladiator? When where they sent the guy back without his hair, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they 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 cut Degrom's hair. Yeah, that's they, what they did. That's what they just shaved it. <laughs> it's okay. Matter of fact, maybe maybe Syndergaard should come out with like his head shaved. He should. Now. Something. Give me something. Give me something. Featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. All right. Well, how about those Knicks, though? <laughs> That's, That's right. what I'm talking That's about. That's right. Let's, let's just switch seasons. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is those, those, those Knicks are looking good. It's NBA season. I'm happy. The NBA season started. Well, actually, it started uh, Monday. That's true. Right with Seth Curry, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday mm-hmm. scoring like forty, yeah, forty points, something like that. Right. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about the Knicks and the Nets. We have to, you uh, know, you know, NBA, the Nets. We don't have to talk about that. Just play. <laughs> yeah, where you live in Brooklyn? You live in the borough. Right? I know. I was just a Nets fan last well, year. <laughs> well, who's gonna have a better record this year? The Knicks or the Nets? Well, oh, and they're both going to win twenty games. <laughs> well, that's that's it's possible. I, 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 you'd have to when you look at last year's the Nets. The Knicks cannot be as terrible as they were, but things did not get off to a great start for the Knicks off the field. I mean, off the court, right? I mean, we have not been on air since the whole thing with Derek Fisher and Matt oh, right, Barr, right, 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 right. So our, our, 
our, our fans are rodent on sports. They don't follow this kind of, you know. Salacious. Yeah, salacious <laughs> kind of stuff. They probably do. They probably do. But They just don't admit it. They don't admit yeah. it. So what do you think? What do you think? Uh, but you guys are both, are you both Nets fans? Or are you? I mean, I used to be, I used to, uh, I used to be a Knicks fan. Um, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, so you put Brooklyn on the chest. I kind of have to root for that. But if I already, if I know going into the season, there's no hope. I mean, what's the point? <laughs> well, but do you think there's no hope for the Nets? For Brooklyn, no, not this year. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, they they who do they have? Who's their point guard? Oh. Jarrett Jack, and he he's hurt. He, he's hurt, and he's not a real point guard. Yeah, but you know, is what? he even? I mean, has he? I know this year he's supposed to be their starting point guard, but he. Has he been a starting point guard? I mean, I don't no. even remember him as a reserve. He's a, he's, yeah, he's well, a he six-man like his, his ideal position. Ten-year reserve, right? Right, yeah. He's, not, he's a good player. He's a good clutch player. Hits right. big shots. He's more of a shot maker. Right, but they need. But, he needs to come off the bench. He needs to replace a star right. guard, which they don't have. Right. Their, their best guard is probably the coach. Lionel <laughs> and I, I'm, too, I'm too young to remember him as a player. Uh, yeah, well, he was pretty good. Yeah. I, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I remember him <laughs> when, he, when he won the championship with Portland. All right. So what about the Knicks? You you look you actually looked you actually looked at the Knicks. Like yeah, tonight. once the fifth inning of the Mets game happened, I switched <laughs> over to the Knicks oh to, to cheer myself up. And uh, I actually coming into the season, I liked what the Knicks did. I know it wasn't flashy, but I felt like they had gotten role players and tough defensive players and selfless players to play with Carmelo, and the, and he could feed off of that. And I liked Porzingis. Not you know we were we had a. We were on the show oh, yeah. directly after we made fun of, fun of him. him. We made fun of him. And he's going to be the rookie of the year. Right. But after I saw him in, in the in the summer league, I thought he had skills. He actually started for them power forward uh, yesterday. Was in double figures. But I think he had like about 11, 12 points, six, seven rebounds, something like that. Um, about thirty minutes. But the interesting thing is the Knicks blew them out. Carmelo only had eleven points, shot like four for sixteen. And it was everybody else. It was all those guys that they picked up, did all the dirty work. I think uh, Derek Williams, who was a former number two yeah, overall right. pick right. about three, four years ago from Arizona. Um, Phil Jackson signs him, gives him a chance, and he looks like a new guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not. It's only one game. One, yeah. Do you think? Do you think Phil Jackson is going to play more of a role, more of a coaching role, or is he going to? He cannot let this ship sink like it did last year. Yeah, I think he will if he has to. You know, if, if they go on a 10-game losing streak, I'm sure he'll be in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that. I mean, that's, the, you know, New York. Right now, it's October. We're, we're going into November. First game of the season. We'll, 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 we'll be checking in on this. We'll be checking oh, yeah. periodically. How, how long before Carmelo's complaining about not getting enough shots? Hey, man, I'm a, I, you know, Carmelo takes way too much heat for me. I mean, it's New York, so you're going to take heat, especially when you don't win. But uh, you know he, he doesn't. No, I agree. You know he, like he, you know he. Does, people say he's one dimensional. He he can be, but I, you know, I've seen him do a lot of other things. I mean, okay, so yesterday for one game, I know, it was over, but eleven points, shot didn't shoot well, but had about you know uh, six, seven rebounds, five, six assists. Mm-hmm. So he was he's out there trying to be unselfish and it worked for one game. All right. Well, we'll come back to uh, we'll come back to basketball. That's you know, last but not least, we've got. Yeah, we got to talk about NFL. Well, let's talk some football, New York football. Okay. We've got Giants, Jets. Let's start off with the Giants. Um, you were at, Jamal, you were at a screening the other day. 
with Victor Cruz. Right. A lot of Giants fans, who, who, where is he? Well, <laughs> Victor Cruz has been very busy. He's producing a documentary on his life called I Am Giant. Right. And Jamal, you were, you were there. You saw it, right? Right, I saw it. He was there. He, he answered questions. Actually, the producer, the executive producer is LeBron James, by the way. Is that right? That's correct. Wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I was there, and uh, uh, some reporters got a chance to ask him some questions, and it was pretty interesting uh, what he had to say. All right, well, let's listen. You, you actually caught up with him, and you were there. So let's listen to some of the stuff that uh, Victor said. Obvi- obviously, Victor Cruz uh, hasn't played yet this season. The Giants are 4-3. and three. Uh, Victor res- talked about what it's been like to miss the first seven weeks of the Giants season. It's frustrating because mm-hmm. I'm watching from the sideline. Um, but I do think that we're playing well, obviously, this past week, and we played tremendously well in, in every phase. Um, but offensively, we still we, we still have to get over that hump. And, it, and it's frustrating because you know that your presence and your playmaking ability can help. Because you know there's defense is just like, okay, we'll just shade coverage over to Odell. Exactly. Who else is going to beat us? But to, to, you know, to my teammates, we had a Ruben Randall had a good day. He had a great catch up the sideline. Um, and Shane Vereen has stepped up for us. And, and Orleans Darkwell was, you know, someone that nobody's even heard of. And he played well for us this weekend. So guys are coming up and playing well and, and helping us win. And that motivates me to continue to, to battle through this rehab and get better and better and get out there whenever I can to help this team win and, and really prepare ourselves to that playoffs and, you know, everybody knows when, when the Giants get to the playoffs, good things good things usually tend to happen. <laughs> uh, looking at this film, uh, when you're honest with yourself, when you step on the field, uh, will Victor Cruz be the same explosive Victor Cruz that we've seen in the past? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I truly feel like, you know, my injuries uh, have, have prevailed me and have motivated me to be better than I was before. I've, I've always been the guy that have as you can see, kind of battled through adversity and battled through these things and, and fired through them. Not just, you know, kind of beat the odds and then kind of mosey on through. I kind of just fired through them and, and take it above and beyond where no one's expected. And I truly feel like that's what's next for me. I, f- I feel like I'm in a space where I can be better than I was before and be great at it. And I think in every facet, from being an athlete to being a father to being, you know, a son, I, I, I just want to be better in every facet of my life. And I think mentally... Uh, I'm finally at a put, at a place where I can achieve all those things, and once once this calf heals up to 100, um, it, it should be some fun things out there for people to watch. And I think lastly, from the football field, if you were a betting man, and you were saying, "I bet Victor Cruz is going to be on the field," when is that day going to be? Um, I don't know, Byron. I wish I could bring Byron up here because he'd have a good session. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I wish I, I wish I had a time stable for everyone. I wish I had a time stable for myself. But I'm truly, truly taking this day to day and waking up. I, I do about 19 calf raises in the morning uh, while I'm brushing my teeth just to see how it feels. Um, I'm on my thousandth calf raise tomorrow. Not, not that I'm counting or anything. Um, but I'm just gauging it up. And, and every day is a better day. I know every day I wake up is a better day towards pro- towards progressing and being um, back to 100%. Cruz also responded to whether he worries about taking heat for doing this documentary while he's not playing. Um, I think, you know, obviously you weigh the cons out. You understand what city you play in. You understand the type of fans that are in this city. And if anyone, you know, my friends always joke about me in my comments and my social media account. Um, You know, whenever they see me doing something that's 
uh, whether it's philanthropy work or fashion or something that's outside of football, they let me have it in those comments. So naturally, you're apprehensive about doing something like this, but I knew long-term that this would be good, not just for myself or seeing my face on a big screen and having everybody look at it, but for kids, for people that are battling adversity, for even adults that are going through a situation that they need something or someone to look at and say, wow, he's gotten over all those humps, and now here he is at the forefront of his career trying to battle back from an injury and battle back from a, 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 a space of adversity that he once was. So obviously I know that there's going to be criticism, positive and negative, um, but I'm, I'm willing to bear the brunt of that because I know how good this work is and how positive the things that I'm doing with this film and in the community and amongst other things is going to benefit um, the kids and, and people long term. Well, very, very, very interesting. Interesting stuff. I did happen to see a clip of the documentary, and I do think it's worthwhile when athletes take their storytelling of their lives and take control of telling their own stories. So I thought that right. was great. Bottom line, this is football, and you got to play. You got to play. Yeah, they need them too. They need them. Four and three, uh, they're in good shape for the NFC East. So if he comes back, uh, you got you got to like their chances. Did you like the documentary? I did. It was it was a good documentary. It was it it told a you know the story of his life, how he got to the NFL, his time at UMass, his mother was prominent in it. So it was very interesting. I would say definitely check it out. Comes on on Showtime this weekend. All right, very good. Well, let's go to the dark side and let's talk Jets. You know, we were I was in Foxborough right. uh, last Sunday when the Jets um, you know, played heroically but in a losing effort against New England. I mean, they couldn't stop him when it was time to stop him. Uh, the I mean, I I felt some hope at the end and then once again bad time management skills. Yeah. Okay. And that was just a horrible way to end that game. Yeah. What do you think? Well, you mean with uh, calling the timeouts, the timeouts? Right. Yeah. I mean, and then um, just a 10-second runoff, and yeah, the game's over. And a, it's just that's like, a terrible, what? That's a, that's a yeah, terrible way to lose yes. a game. You know, that's almost like ending the game like that was almost like beginning the game with an inside-the-park home run. <laughs> it's, it's just, wait, what? We can't even, we don't even chance, you know. Uh, I am excited, I must say, tonight. Uh, well, by the time that... Uh, listeners hear this, the Patriots will either have won or lost, but but that Miami game is, is, is intriguing A, because I think that if Miami somehow pulls a rabbit out of the hat I don't think that New England is going to go undefeated. No, no. They, I mean, they could, but I mean, if anybody could, it'd be Brady. Right. But I, I just don't think they will. And I also think Miami between playing them in, in Foxborough, playing them, I think one, they, they could beat them. And if they beat them, that has great implications for the Jets. I think the Jets have Miami's number. I think the Jets can beat Buffalo. I think that I, I still have hope that the Jets and their blackhead coach Todd Bowles <laughs> could 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 really do some damage. I think they could really be good this year. Yeah, the, I mean, I like the Jets team. I think they're solid. They lost. They they still played New England tough. They lost on basically the last possession. They just it was just deflating. They were in that game. With, <laughs> no pun intended, but. Uh, they had a chance when when uh, Marshall dropped that that touchdown pass. They could have went up, you know, at least I think more than maybe eight points. They had to settle for the field goal, so they had to get a stop. They couldn't, 
It was Brady did whatever he wanted to do on that last drive. Yeah, I mean he just went right down the field. What she's been doing for the past that's true. thirteen years. That I is mean, true. I don't know why I expect any different. He's he's great. I mean Brady is that machine. Now I don't know. I, I think he, I I don't know if he could play anywhere. That's what people say. He's a system quarterback. I just think that whatever it is, they've got it going on. Oh, whatever yeah. that system is, right. whatever you do, we can't run, well, we'll use our passing game as a running game. Right. Defensively, we'll do enough. Some years will be great, but we'll always do just enough. And you cannot make mistakes. They're just You just can't make any yeah, you blunder. Gotta, yeah, you have to capitalize. And, and again, I think that as, as we wind this, we could almost end this with Kansas City. In baseball, same sort of thing. You cannot make mistakes, and maybe that's where experience comes in. You you mentioned, I think, Pat, before, does previous World Series ex- experience filter in to this? And normally I would say that's a lot of sports writing hype. In this case, I think it's true. I think that Kansas City, and again, for, for those of you who want to hear more football talk, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, trust me, I, I live in Harlem, and there are a whole bunch of like Yankees fans up there. And it's very unusual dynamic that they try to say that, yeah, we're New Yorkers and all that, but you could detect a little bit of glee, <laughs> just the smallest amount of delight. Hey, I got some. I got some texts from Yankee fans. What's what is what kind? What is this? You call that that? That's your best effort right there. <laughs> you I'm think like, really? like it mostly give a suck it up. This, right. this is all about L.A. and this is all about. But I, I probably it's probably the same thing with Clippers and Lakers. Right. right. I know it's the same thing in Chicago right. with the Cubs and where I grew up in Chicago. Right. No, it's and the same. and when the Cubs did, and I grew up in the South Side, White Side, as long as the Cubs did not exist, like we'll we'll take our vacations now. You know, right. you, you, you know. So, um, but in terms of the the past experience, I I think that from the very opening day of spring training, I think the Royals were focused. I think they knew they were they were a Baumgartner appearance away from being World Series champion. And they, if anybody knows how a dominating pitching performance could demoralize a team and a city, they know. Because it got to the point where Baumgartner uh, last year, they why even bother? Right. Why they they had, he'd gotten so much in their heads? Why bother? And I think they came from spring training. They had one objective, and that was to get back here. So I do I do agree, but you look at Quato wasn't part of that. No, nope. he wasn't. He wasn't there. No. Nope. Uh, so, uh, but, but I do think they're a very very focused team. But they had that they had that culture. Yeah. You know, from like you said, from the first day of spring training. Remember, they were considered a fluke, or people talked fluke around them from last year. So that was added to it. They wanted to prove that we're no fluke. We're a good team. We deserve to be there. In fact, we deserve to win. So they came in first day of spring training like that. And then when you bring in a Cueto, you're coming into that culture like, yo, these guys are serious. And then Zobris, same thing. And I heard him say that in an interview. I came in here and it's just like, wow, like these guys are not playing around. And I I think that's something that you gave me a good good idea, something to ask. But was he was it was Ventura a a uh, a Kansas City last uh, yeah, year? Yeah, he was there last year. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the point is, um, it would be interesting to talk to some of the new players about what they walked into right. when they came into that Kansas City uh, organization. Right? Did they sense that? Listen, this is a mission. Whether it's Cueto, we don't know what you did in Cincinnati, but here we we're on this mission, and we need you to perform. And that, frankly, could have been the best performance 
of Cueto's oh, career. Without Cueto, well, it has to be the, playoff, the yeah, best playoff. of his a complete game, a complete, playoff. Right, with, with people doubting you. So anyway, I'm I'm really looking forward to games three, four, five in New York. Looking forward to all. I'm asking the broadcasters. Just stop being racist. <laughs> no, and, and, and again, racism is, isn't, racism is not, and I know when you use that word, right, people right. think of night riders and hanging people. Right. No, it's a, it's a, it could be conscious and unconscious. And all of us, all right. of us are victims. No matter what our particular Achilles heel is in right. terms of being bigots and racism, you just stop it. Right. Stop it. The, the, the Latin play they're not you have to take a concerted effort to stop it you really have to stop in other mm-hmm. words think about what you say the same thing applies no one group is lazy and the other group what one group is hard hustle is another group is dogging it right. you know just be fair right. be fair and we will all be better yeah. as a as a people and we can enjoy the World Series and that's <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, hey listen uh, Jamal <laughs> thanks so much uh, per usual Pat Thank you so much for looking, making us all look better. Yes. And enjoy the World Series. I hope that when we come back next week, you guys will be very happy. Me, I'm for the story. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.